0: Jonah chapter number 1, verse number 17. The Bible says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. may be seated. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, God, this evening for your word, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit of God, Lord, that Lord just speaks to us, Lord, that we feel you, Lord. We thank you, God, that we're in your presence, Lord, here tonight. God, I thank you for the testimonies heard. Thank you for the songs sung, God, and I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, we don't know we might have left God, and we thank you for the opportunity just to be able to lift up your name, to preach your word, Lord, to present you, God. I pray, Lord, that you fill us with the words to say, and Lord, that you pour us out with the words to say. Help them to not be tainted with my thoughts, help them to not be convoluted with any of my words. But God, I pray that your word would go out, Lord, and you would preach to the hearts of men and women here tonight, God, to the young and old. God, I pray that your word would accomplish its perfect will, Lord, and Lord, we'll thank you for that. We appreciate you, Jesus. And we we surely we thank you in the name of Jesus we pray Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach this evening. Uh, I'm going to preach this evening, uh, Lord willing, out of, out of Jonah chapter two, verse number one. And I I thought uh, I, 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 uh, I like those first three words. The Bible says, "Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly." And I I looked at those three words, and I, as I begin to study, I thought I just got in just a couple of words and. I got to that word then, and I'd had to go back. Uh, then I had to go back to chapter 1, verse number 17. The Bible says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to, to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights then. So I, I, I take that as after the three days and after the three nights, the Bible says, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God. And I, I thought, I, I began to look back through chapter one and I was looking and digging for stuff. And I was looking to see some hope or some uh, great things maybe in chapter one that I missed. And I thought, I began to come through chapter one and I, I saw, I got to uh, chapter one, verse number one. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. And I, that's pretty awesome when the word of the Lord comes unto you, that's a pretty awesome thing. But the, the Bible says that Jonah, he told him, he said, arise and go. But the Bible says in verse number three that Jonah rose up and fled. When God's word came to him, instead of Jonah listening, Jonah fled. And the Bible said that uh, uh, so much that these ungodly mariners, the Bible said in verse number five, that they began to call out to their own gods. And that wasn't working. So they looked to this man. They called him the sleeper. And they said, call upon thy God. They asked him. They begged Jonah to call upon God. And but we don't, Jonah never called upon God. We, in chapter number one, we read that God called upon Jonah. The mariners, uh, the mariners was called upon their little gods, and they asked, they begged Jonah to call upon his God, but Jonah would not call upon his God. And I, I started to think about uh, uh, how, how the Lord talks about us, and uh, He talked about His people Israel, and we ain't no different, but He, he said, you're a stiff-necked people, and uh, I thought, I'm, I'm a hard-headed individual. My mom and dad were saying that last night, and I was kind of poking fun, saying I ain't hard-headed, but I'm a hard, headed somebody I'm, I I just it, I, it's hard to break and uh, God bless Lindsay because she needs it. uh, But I I thought we are a stiff-necked people. Uh, Even the the mild temperament, uh, those of mild temperament in here, and and you know who you are, uh, Sister Rhonda, I'll call out one and and try not to get in trouble. But but we still, we get stiff-necked in our own ways and and settled in our own ways. And I I thought these men, they called for Jonah to call out so much to the point that Jonah, he, he told him who he was. He said, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God. And he said, the God of heaven which made the sea and the dry land. And the Bible says that just his testimony about the Lord, these men were exceedingly afraid. And I, I had to imagine maybe their knees begin to knock and maybe they were uh, exceedingly afraid. Maybe their heart kind of melted within them. As Jonah said, I'm a, I'm the God, I'm, I fear the Lord God of the, the heavens and the earth. And these men were exceedingly afraid. So much to the point in chapter number 1, the Bible says that these men, in verse number 14, the Bible says that they cried unto the Lord. And they said, we beseech thee, O Lord. Beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life. Let us not perish for this man's life. They got Jonah out of the boat. And, and I, I thought how everybody... I, but I, I looked there in verse chapter number 2 and I thought... Man, I'm thankful for cha- for second chapters in my life. I'm thankful that God gives some second and third opportunity. There's four chapters but I'm thankful God has given me some second. You know what chapter number 2 tells me? The story ain't over. God's grace is still sufficient. God's not done with Jonah yet. Even though Jonah wasn't calling out to God, God's reaching out for him. These ungodly mariners is calling out to God. But God's still got a time. Hey, you're still here. you still got breath in your lungs. God has still got a plan for you. His grace is still sufficient. He, You can still have your prayers heard by the God of heaven tonight. Bible says, then Jonah prayed, and I, I, I thought about that. I thought, how many chapters in my life could have been different had I started up? Can you imagine the difference in chapter number one? How chapter number one would have went if the Bible would have said the Lord called Jonah and then Jonah prayed? How many things in my life I look back and I say, "Yeah, you're helping us Adam. Go ahead. I'm gonna get real. Real, real. You know, you know, it's hard to be. It's hard to be angry at your wife when you get down and you get on your knees and start calling out to God. Yeah, I like the way you finish that. When we we have disputes in our household too. I believe maybe we're not the only ones. I've I've got an uncle and uh, I believe they was the only ones. I've I've never seen them have a dispute, and I've never seen nobody, but. Uh, I believe just about all of us got some disputes. Yeah. But you know what I found? It's hard for me to stay angry at my wife. Bless you. Bless you. And to get down on my knees yeah, and to call out to the Lord. Yeah. It, it's hard to get... You know you know, uh, you know when, when, when I got something, maybe I'm looking at something of my neighbor's and I'm looking at it with a desiring eye. You know when I start talking to the Lord? Yeah. He starts doing something yeah. different on the inside. I, I told a story here last, uh, last week, and I, I didn't finish the story, but I, I thought I'd been, pr- I, I wanted this job, and I really, really wanted this job. And I'll not tell you what it was, but I was excited about this job. I was looking forward to this. is about, that's about six and a half years ago. I was looking forward for this job, and I got the job. And some people, I thought, you you better be careful. Some people say, well, everything, when something falls into place, they say, well, you, God must have meant it to be or it wouldn't have worked out like this. The Bible says you need to try the spirits, whether they are of God. There's some things that may seem like, there may be some things that seem like they're lining up, but you better still, you better go in chapter number two and you better then Jonah prayed unto the Lord. You better make sure it's God's will and God's way. But I, I thought I got, I was I was wanting this job. I done went to an interview for this job. but went to a second interview for this job. I was excited about the job. And I was, I mean, I was, pumped up I was well I'll just tell you I was just trying to get ready for the job okay but I got into my office and I was I wasn't, uh, I wasn't doing a lot of, I wasn't doing nothing I wasn't talking to Lindsay I wasn't uh, on, on the internet I, I thought I was reading God's word and I was talking I started praying to the Lord and you know what God started doing he started showing me his will for my life not my will, not what my flesh wanted, not the position my flesh wanted. And, and I thought the part of the story, I, I didn't tell them the other day, but I thought as I, was, uh, as I finished there the other night, I, I thought I was leaving and the Lord just reminded me of something. And that, that job, I, I thought I turned that job down in, Jan, in January 2016. Now, in, uh, at least in April of 2015, if not before me and Lindsay had been, we would really been trying to have a baby, okay? Really been trying to have a baby. In May of 2016, we found out that we was pregnant with a baby. She was pregnant with a baby. I didn't carry it. I ate, but I didn't carry it. She was pregnant with a baby. And you know what? I I went back and I looked. You know when uh, Evan was born in October of 2016? You know what that was? That was nine months. Nine months after I turned down that job. I believe the Lord did not want me to have. Actually, I know the Lord did not want me to have. And you you say, well, you say in Adam that you wouldn't have got Evan had you not turned down the job. I'm saying it it might not have happened. I believe there's some things in our life that we we can be asking the Lord for and we can be pursuing the Lord for and there's sometimes He's just waiting to see what we're going to sacrifice. If we're willing to get self out of the way before He gives this to us. He said, "You say, well, you got any Bible for that?" He said he, to, to the one he gave five. The Lord just give me this. This is fresh off the press. He said to the one that had two, he he took it and he doubled it. He came back. He the one that had five, he doubled it and he came back. He said, "I know that you're, you're you're a just God, and you come reaping." And he said, "The one that had one, he buried it in the ground." And the Lord said, "He said I could have took that and give it to us." usher. he blesses. He, you give him. You take what God has given you. And use it to His ability and He'll be the multiplier. But if we take what God's given us and we bury it in the sand, well, I take what God has given me and I put it away. At Jonah chapter number 1 is filled with a story of Jonah. Seven times in Jonah chapter 1 you see the name Jonah. It's all about Jonah. It ain't about God. It's all about Jonah. It's about Jonah turning his back on God. But I'm thankful in chapter number 2 verse number 1 the Bible says, but Jonah prayed. And that, you know that's the eighth time that Jonah's name is mentioned in, in, the, in the book of Jonah. Say what's special about that the number eight is the number for new beginnings. There was eight people that got on that ark. God had a new beginning for Jonah in chapter number two. And it don't matter how your chapter number one looked. It don't. Maybe you turned your back on the Lord. Maybe God had to bring you down to the down to the belly of hell. Maybe He had to put you in a dark place. But it don't matter how you got there. Where you at? The Bible said. The Psalmist said in Psalm chapter forty. He said, I inclined to the Lord, and He heard me out of His holy hill. He brought me up also out of the miry pit, out of the out of the, Mary Clay set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He's put a new song in my heart. Enjoy. He, the Lord, what the Lord can do for us if we just get our eyes off of us and get our eyes on Him, and that's what that's what God was trying to do. I'm thankful for that word. Then, then Jonah prayed, and I, I thought, it, regardless of yesterday, I thought a lot of people were living in yesterday. A lot of people's living in the hurt of yesterday. I thought there's a. You realize there's some things in a Christian's life they can literally paralyze you. There's thing you realize the Bible says, uh, "Let us put forth all, wrath, all all wrath, all malice, all bitterness out of a." You got wrath in your heart towards somebody. You realize that literally it'll paralyze you. Scripturally, it'll it'll put you in a place where you render yourself. You're not going to be a help to yourself spiritually. You're not going to be a help to your brothers and sisters. You can, you may be able to come and do a little bit of work here and there. You may be able to come and do a little bit of service for God. But you, God is wanting to use you for something much greater than this, and you've got to. Let go of the wrath, out of the malice, that bitterness. I, I thought I heard a man say. He said bitterness is the only uh, the only uh, um, liquid that poisons the vessel that holds it. You got bitterness towards somebody, you realize that somebody it don't hurt them. it don't affect them. it don't it ain't tearing them down. But if you got bitterness in your heart, maybe it's towards a maybe it's towards somebody in this church. And I sure hope it ain't. But you got bitterness in your heart towards somebody in this church, you need to go make it right. Hey. hey. He said you need to forgive others. You want to be forgiven of Him? you got to forgive others. And somebody may, somebody may have done you wrong. And, some, and wrong is wrong. I ain't justifying wrong. Wrong is wrong. Somebody may have done you wrong. But you got to forgive them. And you got to move on. Because it will poison you it'll tear you down it'll tear your vessel down we got to get these things we got to get the jonas we got to get the i got to get the adams out of my life so god can do what he's wanting to do i got you know what prayer is prayer is my line of communication with the lord i can i can go about life and you realize i can go about my marriage but if me and lindsay don't talk this thing you you realize uh, i heard a guy say he said uh, you know uh, going to church he said uh, to be a christian you don't have to go to church and I thought, well, you know what, he, he is right to be a Christian. you know, but, And then he went on, I'm glad he did. He went on a little bit further. He said, but you know what, he said, I can be married and not come home. But if I want my marriage to succeed, if I want my marriage to have strength, if I want it to have joy, I gotta, it's a relationship. And it's the same thing with the house of God. We get in God's house amongst God's people, doing God's stuff, getting our eyes on Him and just lifting up Him. You know, it's, it, church is a good place to come for a Christian. It's a good place. It's a good place to bring your family on Wednesday night, as many said here tonight. It's a good place to have your family. I'm thankful for a church that supports, aren't you? Right now, my, my baby boy's downstairs, both of them right now. And I trust in these, those, uh, those individuals, those men and those women of God, I trust in what they're doing. I know that they're teaching them the Word of God. I believe that. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful I can bring my kids to a place and know they're hearing the Word of God. Jonah prayed, but then Jonah prayed, and regardless of where you're at, and I thought Jonah wasn't—he wasn't up on the mountain. He wasn't—he wasn't in the the best position in his life. I believe this is the darkest day of Jonah's life. I believe you, you realize why? Why in the world? I thought, why in the world would you wait till the third day to pray? You know what? God could have God provided a shark just as easy as He provided a whale. Why well, I wait till the third day to pray and I thought about myself. I had to look in the mirror, Pastor Rob. Why do I? God, I thought sometimes I'll be in situations and it gets a little bit worse. It gets a little bit worse. And you know what I keep doing? I'm, I'm just like those mariners. I just keep trying to shell out the water. I keep trying to make it better myself and do it myself and do it myself. But I can't do it myself. Then Jonah prayed, and I'm thankful that the Lord. You realize that prayer holds a special place to the heart of God. The, the, you realize when the, in, the, in the tabernacle, the place where men would come, and, and if you wanted to get into the presence of God in the Old Testament, as they come out of, uh, as they came out of slavery, they came out of Egypt. They set up that mobile tent, that tabernacle, and that was to get into the presence of God. The Bible says in John chapter one, verse number fourteen. The Bible says that uh, Jesus was. Uh, Thank you, Lord. I'm going to have to back up to John 1. John 1, one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt literally means He tabernacled among us. He came so we could get in His presence. And we beheld His glory as of the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He came to you and I. He came and He took on flesh that you and I could take on. He took on a point of robe of flesh that you and I could take on a robe of righteousness. That's that's why he came, but I thought he was it was. For us to get into the presence, to get into the fellowship of God. And that's why they had that tabernacle. But I I thought the the presence of God, it wasn't in the outer court. It wasn't where all the men could see. It wasn't the linen cloth that was around. It wasn't even at the brazen altar. It wasn't at the brazen labor where they came and got cleaned up. But you know where the the presence of God was? It was in the holies of holies. And in the holies of holies, there was uh, one piece of furniture. I I caught two because the mercy seat was upon the Ark of the Covenant. And that's where the presence of God would dwell. And only the priests had access there. But Jesus, the Bible, you know what separated the holies to the holies, the holies from, the, from the most the holy place and the outer court? It was a veil. And the Bible said that when Jesus hung on the cross, the veil of the temple was written twain. From the top to the bottom. It was God, God ripped, ripped it open. You know what God was saying? You have access directly unto me. Hebrews says, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace whereby we may obtain mercy. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows exactly what you're going through. He ripped the veil, but you know what sat outside of the veil? What sat right there next to the presence of God? The the piece of furniture that was the closest? It was the altar incense. That altar incense it represents prayer. You want to get? You want to know what God's got to say about your life? You want to hear? I thought I'm thankful tonight. I just I thought I was thankful when Rhonda stood up and, and gave the praise report for that boy. I could I've been praying for him this week. I can't remember his name, but I've been I've been calling him P. I I, I couldn't remember his name, but I'm thankful that God is doing a work. I'm praying for Sister Daisy because I want to hear what God's gonna how God's gonna heal that hole in her heart. How how God's gonna help them lungs to get strength. How God don't have to hey, he don't have to go through the track. I know God can do exceedingly abundantly above. We're praying. Prayer is close to the heart of God. I heard a little boy say, He said, Daddy, he he was listening to his daddy pray and his daddy was praying for these missionaries, praying for this and praying for that. And he got done praying, and the little boy said, Daddy, he said, Daddy, I sure wish I had your money. <laughs> and the dad said, What, son? Why do you say that? He said, Well, if I had your money, I'd answer all your prayers. Wow. He was praying for things that was, God had given him the ability and the power to already to execute. And God had already equipped Jonah. In Jonah chapter number 1. God had already made a way. But I'm thankful that God's grace didn't stop, stop in Jonah chapter 1. God had enough grace. You realize that? I, I know I believe that those people of Nineveh, uh, you look them up, you start studying about those Assyrians and our little ones is coming in, so I, I don't want to get uh, nasty, but I, they would literally take the skin off of people. They was a nasty people. They would they'd, uh, gouge people's eyes out so they'd walk around the city and know how powerful they were. They, were, they would... Uh, amputate them and different things. They were a horrible people. And when God called Jonah to go to this city of Nineveh, I believe Jonah knew what God was God was calling him to a wicked people. You know what Jonah I, I know, I, I put myself there this week and I was thinking about I, and I, I, I'm going to just say, I'm going to speak on behalf of Jonah for just a minute. Jonah looked to those people in Nineveh and he said, God, they don't deserve me going to them. God, these people is about to cut our heads off. They're wicked. They serve other gods. They don't deserve it. Jonah Jonah, chapter number 4, the Bible says, after, this is after Jonah went to Nineveh. Chapter number 3, we'll see how Jonah goes to Nineveh. But in chapter number 4, verse number 1, the Bible says, it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry. Why was he angry? Because God cared about a Gentile people that didn't care about him. You know what? You realize every single religion, every religion, I, I believe it started out of the Tower Bible. Babel. You know what happened at the Tower Bible? Babel? That men were trying to build up to get to where God was at. You know what religion tries to do? Every religion, every false doctrine, every false religion, you know what it does? It tries to build man up to get to where God is. But you know what this Christian salvation that I got is? It ain't about how man builds up to get get to where God is. It's how God came down to get to where man was. So He'll take us to where we can't get. He's good. He's different than every... There ain't nothing like Him. ain't nothing like Him. And Jonah was angry. He was displeased because God showed grace to a people that didn't deserve Him. And you know what God had to do to Jonah in Jonah's life? God had to take Jonah... To, to a position, The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 7, says, Judge not lest ye be judged. For with what uh, judgment ye judge, you shall be judged. With what measure you beat, you shall be measured against you. So the, you know, if I look over to Pastor Rob and I tell him i seen you going 80 miles per hour on the way to church, but I leave out of here going 80 miles per hour. I think it probably just increased my chances of getting a ticket. Now, you say, I don't believe it. But you know what What I'm saying is if I judge him for that, it's going to be judged back to me. Amen. And Jonah was looking at these Ninevites and saying, God, they don't deserve you. They don't deserve your grace. And you know what God had to do to Jonah? God had to throw The Bible says we see that in chapter 1, the men threw him out overboard. But in chapter number 2, when Jonah's praying here, he says, Lord, you threw me overboard. And God took him down to the depths of the yes, sea sir. three days yes. God had to bring Jonah down to his knees and show Jonah that hey you don't deserve nothing either Jonah they ain't none of, not a one of us red and yellow, black and white we're all precious in his sight I don't deserve nothing that you ain't got and you don't deserve nothing that I ain't got The Bible says, uh, Romans chapter number three, thank you Lord. Romans chapter number three, verse number 20. You know what God was trying to do? God was trying to get Jonah. God was ch- just trying to get Jonah. That's it. God was trying to get to Jonah. And I thought how in Genesis, when Adam and Eve took of the fruit, and they fell. You, you know what happened immediately? The Bible said, In the day that you shall eat of it, you will, you will die. You know what happened that day? They didn't physically die, but immediately they died a spiritual death. What is spiritual death? Spiritual death is separation from God immediately they were separated from God. And so what did they do? They went and they got, I believe, maybe the biggest leaves they could find. They got fig leaves. They wrapped themselves up and they got them leaves. But you know what? They knew in themselves that the leaves were not sufficient to cover them of what they had done. Why do you say that? Because when they came down, the Bible says they was hiding. They had the leaves on, but they still knew they was naked. They were still ashamed of what they'd done. And God said, where art thou? And He, he said, "He said we, We're naked. Who told you he was naked? But we see in Genesis chapter 3 that the curse came. And and the curse came. God first cursed the the snake. He said, "Out on the belly, you're going to go for the rest of the days. You're going to lick dust for the rest of your days." But then he came down to the woman. What did he tell the woman? He said, "In, you're, in childbearing, you're going to you're going to suffer. This curse was going to come upon her in childbearing, and she was going to feel that in childbearing." And then it, it goes on to say, "And and you, your desire will be to your husband. He shall rule over thee." And and chap, and, and it, it comes down to the man. He says, "And by the uh, sweat of thy face shall thou work all the days of life." And the thorns and thistles will the ground bring unto thee the curse fell upon all of them every single one of them and when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden that curse fell, fell to all of us but you know what there was something real special you realize and God just showed me I didn't realize this you realize the Bible said in chapter number two that God brought all the animals unto Adam how did the animals get their names kids Adam gave them the names he had dominion over all the animals. God gave him that dominion. And he named the animals. But you realize when he, when, when the woman, the Bible says she, he put Adam to sleep, he took the rib out of his side, he made from her, and they called her woman. She was taken from the man. When she was made, you realize the Bible said, when she came, Genesis chapter 3, it says, now the servant was more subtle than any beast of the field. And he said unto the woman, you realize that you never until verse number 19, you never see something. She never had a name. She never had a name until verse number 19. And you look it up. You say, I don't believe it. You look it up later. Not right now. Verse number 19, he said, And Adam called her name Eve because she was the mother of all living. You know what that was? That was was Adam. He was in his fig leaves. He was naked. He was spiritually dead. But you know what he did? He jumped up to when God was given the curse, and God said, "You're going to, you're going, in childbearing, you're going to bear." And you, you know what? Evenings means? it means you're the mother of all living. You know what he was doing? He was taking God at His word, and he was taking a step towards God. Adam had faith in that moment. He named Eve based upon the promise that God had that she was going to be the mother of all living. He took a step of faith. And how do you how do you step towards God? It's got, it's not a step. Jonah. Jonah, if he was a millionaire, they wouldn't have done him no good in the belly of the well. If he had every, every possession, if he knew everybody, there wasn't nobody could help him. He didn't matter who he knew. But you know what he did in the belly of the well? Then Jonah prayed. You know what he did? He took a step of faith. To God. And regardless of where you're at here tonight, if you're spiritually dead, if you're separated from God, the only way you can get to where God is is by taking a step of faith. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 20, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being justified by the law and the prophets. What does that mean? It says that God's righteousness is not by the law. It's not by the works of the law. It's not by the things that you do. It's not by the things you build. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 66 or 60, 66, verse 10, the Bible says that the Lord has clothed us with a garment of salvation and he's covered us with a robe of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. He's covered us with a robe of righteousness. Now, how do you get that robe of righteousness? The Bible says in Genesis chapter or, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 3 verse number 22. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all of them. That what does it take? That believe. How do I get to where God is at? How do I take a step to God? i got to take it faith-believing. You know what faith believe, I get when I, when I get down on my knees, you know what I'm doing? I'm exercising faith. I'm exercising. I'm, I'm getting down to talk to a God that hears me. Though I might not see Him in the room, He's an ever-present help in my time of trouble. He's, her, he's right here. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's pretty close. That's even to the Siamese twin. He's closer than them. He's, he's, he's right beside of you. He loves you. There ain't nobody that cares for you like Jesus does you got to pray unto the Lord. You're in the battle. You're in the belly of the whale. You're in a bad situation. You need to call out to God. You, you're spiritually dead here tonight. You need to take a step of faith and say, God, I believe you in your, at your word. I believe that you died for my sins according to the Scriptures. I believe that three days later you rose up from the grave according to the Scriptures. I believe that you're alive and well today. This is the Gospel. He is alive. He's intercessing for you on the right hand of God today. Jesus is coming back looking for a prepared people. Going to take them to a prepared place. But you've got to believe it in faith. We've got to get Jonah out of the way. We've got to get ourselves out of the way. I'm thankful for the Lord. I, I didn't know how that all was going to come out, but I'm just thankful God knows what he's doing. And I don't know what God's got doing to you in your life right now, but I do know. It, a lot of times we put prayers as is the last like a last resort. We wait till the second chapter. We wait till three days after being in the belly of the well before we call out to God. And may, you may be in something you've been battling. You, you say, Adam, I'm not in some big, great sin. I'm not in. But maybe back to that wrath or malice or bitterness we was talking about. Maybe you've been carrying something for a while. You know what you need to do? You've got to get rid of it. You need to get rid of it. Then. You know what then does? It erases what happened in chapter. It, it, it changes what happened. Then Jonah prayed. The book of new beginnings. God's got a new beginning for you. God's got a second chance. And God can do what. Only He can do. But you've got to ask Him. You've got to take a step of faith to the Lord. I'll say this real quick. I heard of a large organ that they put in a big church in New York City. And the, the very first unveiling ceremony for that organ, they, they had a service and they, were, they got up there. They were so excited to use it. And they, began to, they tried to play this it. It beautiful organ. But they couldn't get it to play. And they called, did an emergency call, and they had an electrician come in. He found a short circuit on that organ. And as he was looking at the organ, he, he, he jotted a quick note down. thought He knew he could fix it in just a matter of time. He jotted a quick note down, and he sent it to the lady. He said, take this up to the pastor. And he said, what he said was, after the prayer, the power will be on. And it, it's the same way in our lives. God's got the power. He's wanting to send it. But we've got to get in the right relationship. We need to get in the spirit of prayer, and we need to allow the Lord to do what He wants to do in our lives. We've got to get ourselves out of the way.